Kirby's holding his package right now for Power Stick if you're not watching on the video. Oh, look at it. That's so satisfying how that hey, isn't it? in and out of yeah. there. Um, yeah, that sounded terrible. Yeah, it sure um, Acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot? Not when it's time to record episode number 130 of the Promo Upfront podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the purveyor of promo, the prince of packaging himself, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby! How the new year almost are you? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well, doing pretty well. Um, this is uh, always a, uh, just a weird week uh, for me, um, you know, every year. Last year, I promised myself I was going to go on a vacation this week so that I would just get away because I struggle because I want to come into the office, but I don't. Yeah. Um, but my youngest daughter came home, which is amazing. So we've had some wonderful yep. family time and that's been great, but it felt like it would be kind of a, a dick move for me to be like hey thanks for driving in from colorado see ya yeah uh so we stuck around this year and it's been great but uh yeah mm. i'm uh, struggling to unwind which i often I do i uh, know you've had uh you know, my, my week <laughs> has been wonderful in comparison to yours buddy how are you i'm okay uh it's been uh since we last uh podcasted uh been a very very rough uh, time my father-in-law uh, who had been battling uh, a bacterial infection that they seem to get a handle on, not get a handle on. Um, and he's been in and out of the hospital about eight or 10 times since October. Um, unfortunately, passed away last mm -hmm. Thursday. Um, and that was a real gut punch. He, he was very much uh, not only my father-in-law, but he was a very much of my father figure to me and mm -hmm. uh, definitely to uh, Drew and Mitch, my, my, my kids, his grandsons. So that was tough. Um, we had a deep freeze. So Sandy's been in Texas with her mom and her sister since then. So we have not celebrated Christmas yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on Friday last week, we had the deep freeze and I got some pipes frozen and they mm -hmm. burst on Saturday on Christmas Eve day. So uh, I had no running water until Tuesday of this week. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that was fun. And then we actually got news on, on Tuesday that uh, my father-in-law's brother uh, Sandy's uncle uh, had passed away. So it has just been, uh, you talk about just a brutal series of events. I mean, it's life. I've said it many times and I believe it, you know, the, the two most fundamental parts of life are being born and, and, and dying. Um, it's just, it's just a lot. It's hard this time of year, but, mm. uh, we move on. So, uh, we'll, we'll be heading to Texas next week, late next week, right before expo for the memorial service. And, uh, put him to rest and then uh you know try to try to move on and, and remember him as the wonderful human he was yeah but i appreciate you asking yeah absolutely it's a, a tough time so we're i think a lot of us it are is. thinking of you so appreciate you sharing well, i appreciate it i appreciate yeah. it hey you know our sponsor today is our good friends over at pxp solutions and what they're asking everyone to do and i really love the uh the information they give us to share with you as a sponsor of this podcast i really want you to look at 
2022. This is a perfect time to look at it. We've only got a couple days left in the year. Great time to look at what you did, what you accomplished, and things you need to focus on. You know, sometimes we feel like what we accomplish is trivial and we end up shortchanging what's most important to the growth of our business. Um, and so what it does begs the question, how often do you work on your business as opposed mm -hmm. to in your business? So perhaps the best place to start is by asking yourself what changes you will be making in 2023 to improve you, which in turn is going to grow the sales, uh, grow your sales and enhance your success both personally and professionally. At PXP Solutions, they believe the key <laughs> is to help your clients sell more of their products and services. That's really what they're in the business of doing. And as a premier contract decorator in the United States, their singular purpose is to help you forge the bonds necessary to grow your business and that of your customer's business by effectively communicating through creatively decorated apparel. And I know you really appreciate those business partners, Kirby, that are really invested in the success of your clients just as much as they're invested in your success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you, when we both, the supplier and the distributor come to the table, both trying to make the end user successful, yeah. good things tend to happen. And so I love the, the, just the attitude of what PXP solutions brings to the table for sure. Absolutely. So when you're ready to partner with an apparel decorator that's dedicated to your success and your customer success, call our good friend Bruce Jolish at 214-380-1883. Or if you prefer, you can email him, Bruce at pxpsolutions.com. We get some questions. Why do you share his phone number? Because he actually answers his phone. He runs the place. <laughs> it's a ginormous operation, but the man cares enough to answer his phone. So give him a call. And uh you know, he and his team are going to help you and your clients. So from everyone at PXP Solutions, they wish everyone a safe, happy, and prosperous 2023. Kirby, I have zero idea who has up front today. Is it you? <laughs> I have no clue. I don't remember either. And I'm just going <laughs> to... Sorry. I'm just going to go. Nope, I'm just going to go. ASI, our good okay. friends over at the Advertising Specialty Institute, okay. uh, released their product of the year, something they do. Hmm. Always reminds me of like the Time Magazine yeah. uh, person of the year, something like that. Um, it's always interesting. Uh, sometimes it's controversial. Okay. This year, I, I don't know if you've seen this or I not. I haven't. No, the, this is new. The product of the year is packaging, which is hmm. why I called you the prince of packaging at the front. So- I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. I certainly have some thoughts on that. And uh, if you want me to go, yeah. I'll go. If you want no. to go, go. Oh, yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you my first impression, uh, which is what we try to you know, tend to do. Um, as you were, I, I had not seen this. And so when you said that the, the product that you were packaging, my initial reaction was, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Because I think as an industry while we're still growing into the need for this and to, we need to get better, I think it's become much more a topic of conversation, much more focus from our suppliers. And I think that sometimes that trickles down um, because our end users, you know, some of them are asking, but I actually find that they're not. Um, and that when you can do packaging well, it can really enhance the entire experience. And so, yeah, first, first impression, I think it's a, that's a, Solid choice for sure. Yeah, you hit on something very interesting there. We we talk about pack, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts about packaging in a second. But I don't want to forget my point based on what you just said. One of the things we hear a lot is, "Hey, your clients want packaging, and they're going to be asking for it." No, they don't yeah. because that adds expense. Yeah, they don't think in terms of the experience. Generally, with our industry, I think it's changing, but it's a, it's a slow change. 
generally our industry, they think of what is the stuff we can get for that? Yeah. It's that simple of, of a transaction. Yeah, I agree. And so I think it's incumbent upon us to do exactly what you said. What packaging does, and, and I don't think there's anyone who would argue this, it greatly enhances the experience, right? right? The delivery. Well, Exactly. And I think we all remember when we got into this industry, unless you're newer to the industry, everything came in a poly bag and there you go. Yeah. There's your stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Not the most elegant packaging you'll ever see. Uh, certainly effective, kept things clean, did, did what yeah. it kept, kept it safe, but it didn't enhance the experience. To me, this is something that um, I think has been brewing for a long, long time. You've had right. a lot of companies out there, companies like the chest who really focuses 100% on packaging. Right. Um, and they've always done such a great job. Uh, Chameleon, like another one, they do some great things with packaging. And I'm no, I don't want to slight anybody. There's a lot of great companies doing it. Now you actually have suppliers who are also focused on that experience. I think in terms of Hirsch, I think of, of companies like Org Audio and HPG. Right. A lot of companies really focus on the on the pa and also a Power Stick does a great job with their packaging. Yep. The 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 oh, Kirby's holding his package right now for Power Stick. If you're not watching on the video, oh look at it. that's so satisfying how that hey, isn't flies it? in and out of yeah. there. Um, yeah, that sounded terrible. Yeah, it sure um, did. <laughs> uh, wow. wow. Where, where's where's Michael Scott when you need him uh, for something to say? Anyway, uh, the, the packaging, though, it does really enhance it. I think there's a careful balance there of enhancing the overall experience by, by the same time, minimizing waste. Right. The increased packaging does create, can create some waste. So I think what, what I hope we go into is packaging that serves multiple purposes. Maybe packaging you might actually keep uh, for, for some time. Um, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, making sure it's recyclable materials, things like that. But I think it's uh, absolutely the perfect choice yeah. for this year. And it, it actually, it's funny as we sit here and, and have this conversation, you know, I, both of us have been in the industry for a long time and, um, sort of my background, you know, started with a company called JII and they actually manufactured calendars in house. And so yep. one of the pieces of training that we got right when, you know, when you started was it isn't just about selling that order of calendars. You need to talk to yep. your client about how are you going to distribute? Right. Because mm -hmm. if you, they get 500 calendars and they sit in a box under your desk there. So that was a part right. of the conversation even back then. And I think that this is the evolution of that conversation to say, okay, what is your distribution plan and how do we make the experience, as you said, just more satisfying for everybody? Well, I hundred percent agree with you. And, and when you do that, you become more than a promotional products distributor, which you become mm. is almost an internal brand advocate right. for your clients um, and for their brand. You're helping them accomplish goals they didn't even know they were trying to accomplish. Right. So the more you can suggest packaging that's cost-effective, but also brand-effective, mm -hmm. the better you're going to be and the more loyalty you're going to end up building with your client base. So Love it. Thought it was a great that's job. Great job, yeah. ASI. Congratulations um, on whatever. Just congratulations. That's yeah. Fun. Great job. Okay, uh, so here's one, and I'm just this is a a, a a thought that was kind of popping in my head this morning as I was kind of getting ready for the podcast. You know, because you know, literally everybody on our team is on vacation. We've closed down for the office, right. so I've come in a couple of times just to field emails and check in and whatever. Um, yeah. And in going back and forth with suppliers, one of the things I've noticed is, man, the response time this week has been actually 
exceedingly wonderful, right? Like right. better than it's been in a long time, which is kudos, you know, and, and that's not a yeah. shot. So don't take it that way, suppliers. No. Um, so what occurs to me is the question in my mind, I guess, is when does the scale tip back to getting on track with production times? Stock is not fixed, but it's getting better, right? In, in a lot of different yeah. ways, we're seeing much improved inventory. Um, so, uh, you know, congratulations to all the suppliers on working so hard on getting that back. I know it's not there yet. And now that we're through the holidays, which of course there's the, you know, the labor challenges with the holidays and getting all that done. Does this signal the time where we start to get back to normal with production times, with service, that sort of thing? And again, this has been a long time coming. We're talking about yeah. two and a half, three years. Um, what What do you think? No, I don't. I, I think what what the the new normal is normal now, uh, uh, where there are going to be stock issues, there are going to be uh, 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 logistical issues in terms of of shipping and things like that. I think there's staffing issues. I don't think those magically are right. going to erase just because demand has slowed down for you know two, three weeks. I hope I'm wrong, but my yeah. gut tells me, you know, we're still in for another a, a while here. Mm. It's not something, you know, we didn't get here overnight. It sure. feels like we did, but we didn't get here overnight. And it's gonna take longer than overnight to fix it. So right. I think again, you'll see some some times in January where Wow, I just feel like things are really humming along much better than they have sure. been in the past couple of years. But there's going to be peaks and valleys, and I think if we don't prepare mentally for that, it's going to make make uh, those valleys a lot darker and a lot deeper than they probably are. It'll make them feel that way anyway. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I think that's a fair fair take. I, I so here, I, it's I a think realistic I'm... take. It's not positive or negative. It's not you know. Yeah, it's I'm realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I will take the, I, I think that's definitely more pessimistic than mine. Um, I, I am a little bit more optimistic. And I think part of the reason I'm optimistic is I think those of us who have managed to survive the last couple of years have created um, strategies, tactics, and all, you know, overall thicker skin and just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that we've created new um policies where you are strategies doing, yeah that you're trying to live through those challenging times so when they mm -hmm. you know you're prepared for that if that i'm not sure i'm articulating this super well but we've lived through a challenging time and i think that has gotten us thicker skin in that so that when things get back to normal i mean literally I guess I'd use myself as an example when they were coming back to me and, okay, Hey, here's this, here's this. I was like, wow, I wasn't even prepared for it. And so from my perspective, and I think the way I asked the question is important. Are we mm -hmm. getting back to the beginning of getting back to normal? I, I do. I, I think that we're, we're starting to see it. And I think that no, it isn't an overnight thing, but we all know that January tends to slow down based on the, right. the you know what I mean? And I think that will help to, grease the wheels for getting us back to, and again, not that yeah. it's perfect in January, but I think we're starting right. to see it coming back. So I guess where I, I will really push back and push back strongly, I don't think we'll ever go back to the way it was. Mm. I think as we evolve, as our industry evolves, as customer tastes evolve, as supply chains evolve and things like that, I think we go forward. I think the question is, which direction does it go? Mm. Is it closer to what it used to be? Is it something different we can't even foresee yet? Is it some sort of hybrid? So I guess my pushback is, to me, it's not this, um, I threw the ball back, threw the ball 10 yards, and when does the ball come back right here? Right. I threw the ball, we, the ball was thrown 10 yards. 
how far back does it come and in what direction does it come and how how do we adapt i think what you said is perfect i think um so many distributors like yourself have been resilient, have formed new strategies, have worked with their clients to plan ahead, do more strategic planning. Those are great, wonderful, you know, outcomes of this. Look, you can find joy in every bad situation. I'm a big believer in that. Believe despite our continued discussion for optimism versus pessimism. Mm -hmm. So what comes out of this, no matter what the supply chain looks like in a year, two years and all that, you have been able to develop those new strategies. Mm -hmm. You have been able probably to forge some different bonds with your clients because you work closer with them or you help them out where as a, in, in the uh, starting earlier than you had. Right. There's a lot of good that comes out of it. I just don't know where it ends up. I don't think it comes back exactly the way it was. I don't think that's possible. Right, right. Yeah. No, and again, I, I think that in, to your point, by the way, is the uh, COVID situation in China certainly has the ability to completely throw it off. Um, so I, I hear you. And, and I don't know that I'm yeah. saying that it's going to get back to exactly where it was, but I at least see signs that it's improving. And I guess that's I, I, that would be my take. Yeah, I will say I what I see is the, the beginning, The though, here's the optimism I have. I think people are realizing that this now is, as opposed to waiting for it, well, as soon as things get back to normal. Soon, right. What I see is people accepting, okay, this is what is now. And right. if I want to survive, let alone flourish, I need to adapt. I need to teach my customers how to adapt. I need to work proactively with them. So again, you can take any situation and make a positive out of it. Again, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. We haven't celebrated Christmas yet because my father-in-law passed away. We've been apart. I could really moan and complain about that. Mm -hmm. You know what? We're celebrating Christmas Sunday night this week. That will be January 1st. So while the rest of you losers get one Christmas in 2023, <laughs> I get two. So you can look at it. You can look at anything and, and find the positives because they're there. Just like you can look at any situation and find the negatives. They're there also. Sure. So I think the, the big takeaway I see from what you're saying, and, and, and I agree with you, that's the beginning of, I think, us really understanding and adapting and thinking strategically about our business rather than just filling orders because there's stuff on a shelf. Sure. Yep. Hey, you know what I forgot to do, Kirby? Oh, I, I have a feeling that I do know. I did not amp up the podcast. So if you've been thinking, gosh, this, this, this podcast is a little low energy. <laughs> I, that's, that's on me. I did not amp it up. So I'm going to amp it up right freaking now. Hey, distributors, do you need to level up your email and social media marketing in 2023? Why, of course you probably do. Sure. Um, there's no better time than right now because promo pulse is running a holiday sale. Get a jump start on 2023 and save up to 20% on AMP when you buy an annual plan. So go to promopulse.io slash AMP. You're not going to be sorry you did. All right, Kirby. So um, honestly, I haven't felt like working. I haven't felt like being productive in the past few days, but sure. I did force myself to do something I think we kind of do every year at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we, we've podcasted seven or eight years now yeah. uh, every week. We know what certain weeks bring. This week, generally, or next week, we're probably going to talk about goals. We usually share our goals beginning of the year. This week, I want to share some of the what I saw as three of the worst brand fails. Okay. In 2022, I don't know if you have any you want to share. I, don't I know will. If it's I will go along. 
Okay, that's fine. Okay. I just thought these were funny, and and I'd like, maybe maybe to um, expand the topic a little bit because neither one of us prepared for the podcast. Maybe <laughs> we take each one of these and kind of dissect them. Okay, uh, to to give people the value for their listening time. Yep. All right. First one, Burger King Austria, dude. All right for uh, LGBTQ month. Um, I actually did read about this. Yeah. Okay, so they came up with a hamburger. You could order a hamburger and had. Two equal buns. So you could get a hamburger with two top buns or you could get a hamburger with two bottom buns. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the idea was equal love and equal rights. Uh, I, first of all, I struggle with all the LGBTQ stuff. I, I don't, a uh, Pride Month. I, mm-hmm. Not because I'm against Pride Month. I'm not. I don't love the ways we've talked about this before. I don't love the way brands just yeah. hop on change their logo and look at us. We support that community when I'm not sure they really do. It just feels like a marketing ploy. And this really felt like it, especially when you're talking about, I mean, the sexual innuendos in this entire thing is just off the charts. Kirby, what say you? I mean, obviously apologies were issued and all this stuff, but what what say you? Yeah, so I I actually did read about that, um, that particular, uh, that particular campaign. And it, that was what even in, in reading it, it was so cringeworthy, right? Oh. To say, you know, two equal buns or whatever. Like, come on, man. And and their part of their apology was is they were going to involve the LBGTQ community in these future things. Yeah. I'm like, do you really need to ask? <laughs> this felt like just oh. one of my rules in life, and you've heard me say this a bunch of times. Yep. Say it out loud. This is yep. one where you literally say it out loud. It just doesn't sound right. And so to me, this was one where I was like, yeah, of course it didn't go great. I feel like anybody with ears in the room would have yeah. called that one off. Well, and, and it's such a cheap way to try to benefit the company to, to right. glom onto causes that you you may not really be right. aligned with. And I'm not I'm not saying they are or they're not. Um, but someone, you know, when I hear, and I read the same thing, you know, yes, we're next year, we're going to involve people from that community to make sure we're on point on target, not offensive, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you do that before? Yeah. Yeah. If you have to say that you're going to involve that community, that means that you're probably not aligned with the cause that you say you're aligned with. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that was a brand fail. Okay. Number two, number two. And I, Uh, Let's go with this one because the last one's kind of funny. Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Yeah, that's that to me, that's number one. (laughs) Well, it's probably number one. But I mean, from the way he the way the workforce has completely left, just just darted out the door. Um, they've been gutted. Excuse me. If that thing's been wheels off all the way around. And then he had the email of, hey, you better have a hardcore work ethic or uh, you better be prepared to sleep in nights in here. Yeah. You know, you're running a skeleton staff. Twitter's always been a weird mm-hmm. um, social media platform anyway. I, I, I do think it's effective when there's current events happening. I, I do like Twitter. But for the most part, it's just kind of a weird little platform. I, I don't I don't think I understand it as well as I'd like to, but I don't think there's anything to understand. It's just a very strange little platform. So I think I think Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, and I don't I think in it in twelve months I do not think he'll he may own Twitter, but I don't think he's going to be involved in the day to day. He already did a poll, one of his yeah. uh, a famous "I run this organization by polling the uh, the yeah. masses." Um, yeah. Should he hire a CEO? And it was a resounding "Yeah, please do." 
Yeah, this is, so to me, it's funny because I think the brand fail. So number one, this is a case study in how to lose a company. First of all, I want to buy it, but I don't want to buy it. Matter of fact, I'm going to sue you because I don't want to buy it. Now I'm going to buy it. It it has been a disaster in the beginning. I actually think the bigger brand fail of this is the brand fail of Elon Musk. So you know what I mean? Like, because it's like, I I, I was sitting um, with my wife talking about this very briefly. And she said, What's funny to me is in going into this, I thought Elon Musk was one of the smartest men, you know, yeah. on the earth. And now I don't believe that at all. And and it you've seen Tesla stocks going oh, yeah. in the toilet as well. I think the brand fail isn't the brand fail of Twitter, it's the brand fail of Elon Musk. Uh, 100% agree with you and and I wonder I think I do think a lot of what he's doing is very calculated. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to destroy Twitter. I, okay. I actually believe that and I don't know why. I don't know what the business case would be to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the the brand case for Elon Musk would be to do that. All I know is that I don't think you could write a better script for how to destroy an organization and yeah. you know you could write a pamphlet how to destroy an organization in four easy steps. Yeah. And I mean he he is he is hit the detonation button on there so it's interesting interesting cool. all right my last brand fail is let's call let's put this in the file of hey companies make sure you don't cheese off your social media media <laughs> manager a person who controls your accounts <clears throat> perhaps blue ribbon if a lot of people do a dry january i'm sure you know we if, if you're not familiar with dry january kind of a reset after the holidays you you take the month off uh, in January of drinking and consuming any alcohol. Well, I'm just laughing because I can't believe you're going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah. A social media manager at Pabst Blue Ribbon went rogue. He controlled the Pabst Blue Ribbon's ribbon, uh, social accounts and, and said, hey, not dr- from the PBR, Pabst Blue Ribbon so, uh, social media accounts, not drinking this January? Try eating ass. Yeah. That's what a they said. Uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable. <laughs> Just uh, a little. A little, uh, a little suggestive. Um, and what? Obviously, there was. We've te- we've dealt with it internally. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Things deleted. All this. But you really need to pay attention to your people who are essentially the face of your company. Yeah. And it, what what always floors me is a lot of times these are low level entry-level employees who are making not a ton of money yeah, and it's, and not it's that very invested. interesting to me. No, no. So yes, yeah. I did bring it up, Kirby. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, so I think that this is one where you say, like, I felt like, I don't know what lessons there are for the first two, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe we could come up with something, right? But I think yeah. this one, this is one where you say, okay, there is a lesson here that you say, okay, there, not that there needs to be a ton of oversight because I think that then you no. do lose some of the 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 speed at which, yeah. Um, but in making sure that the people who are a part of that and are um, have their fingers yeah. on the pulse, as it were, um, really are in the right well, frame I- of mind. <laughs> Yeah, and and I don't know how you would word it, but maybe there's some way when you when you hire someone to run your social media account that if they intentionally post something to harm the company, they would be financially liable for that. Right. So, you know, and I don't know how you would work that. And again, you don't want to take away the spontaneity. I think of Wendy's who have for years has had a tremendous social media account. It's the perfect mix of snarky and funny 
and it's targeted at their uh, competitors, their yeah. competitors. It's really, really well done. But I mean, if you go through the Wendy's Twitter feed, it straddles a line very yeah. close to going. It's a, it's a it's a high wire act. I I don't think yeah. is an easy high wire act. <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable too. So those are my three worst brand fails of 2022. Do you have any that I missed, Kirby? You wanted those to were, add the Twitter one. I just wanted to make sure that you brought up Elon because that was the one. That oh was, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but those were those were interesting uh for sure do we have sure. another topic or are we just yeah, saying we'll just make it super year. quick super quick okay. one um Let's just go. because i think it ties in so um yeah as both of us know we are heading to vegas here shortly um and the other thing i think you know about me but i don't know everybody else i historically am a southwest flyer mm. um and wow over the Whoa. the course of the last week, not that it, it, everything was perfect, but man, the the winter storm has really brought some challenges to the to the head. And I'm like, I've been booked, I've got points, I'm ready to rock and roll. So I have two questions about this. So if you aren't paying attention, twenty five hundred flights a day are being canceled. It is an absurd and obscene amount. It, Go ahead. It's like eighty three percent of the flights in the United States that are canceled on a daily basis are Southwest. Yeah. So I guess I, so. Two questions from this, and again, we make this quick if you want. But number one, I'm literally thinking, do I need to be rebooking my flights for Vegas? Um, because I'm like, well, you know, I've got a direct yeah. flight from Columbus, but then I've got so I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And then back to sort of our realm, and I don't know if this is an answerable question yet, Yeah. but what could be done from a marketing perspective? Because this is, okay. I mean, this is a great example. Like I'm a paying customer who's, a, yeah. I, I like Southwest. I enjoy my experience with Southwest and I'm considering taking my money away from Southwest. Yeah. So I, those are a, my two questions. I'm a recent convert to Southwest, mainly because I don't travel as much as I used to. Right. And so airline loyalty doesn't mean to me what it used to. I just, I can't get points to, to be any status on an airline at this point. Right. And because Nashville is a fairly small, it's, it's a good size airport. Don't get me wrong. Right. But we're not a, we're not a hub for anybody. So if I want a direct flight other than to Dallas or Chicago or New York or LA or Miami, I've got to fly Southwest. So I'm flying Southwest uh, this year to Vegas from Dallas now, but I moved right. it, but flying Southwest. So, um, so two things. What was the first question? I'm sorry. I wonder. Should I be rebooking? No, I don't think so. I okay. think I think the uproar is enough. They'll figure it out by the time we're all leaving a week from when this drops as yeah. much as they can. Obviously, weather permitting and, and all yeah. that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the bigger question you said is what do they do from a marketing standpoint? Yeah. I think if I'm running, you know, so I always answer these questions. If someone says, okay, we kind of screwed up and we're retiring. You now run marketing for the airline. Yeah. Yeah. I am immediately figuring out it's, it, there's gotta be so much data on people who have been, had their flights canceled instead of what they're doing, which is, Hey, you know, email us if you've been displaced, whatever, and we'll cover reasonable costs. Well, reasonable is something different. To some people, Pizza Hut's a very reasonable dinner. To other people, Fogo de Chao is a very reasonable dinner. So it, that's that's not good. I think what you need to do is proactively, as best you can, 
you need to commit resources to emailing people because that'll be the fastest way in, in, mm -hmm. in most effective way. Email people and say, we are crediting you with X amount of dollars for future travel. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's, you know, up to X amount of dollars per day on hotel. You know, maybe it's $250 a day for hotel meals or something. Just pick a number. Pick a number. No matter and, and understand no matter what number you pick, it's the wrong number. Right. You will you this is not a win at this point. Yeah. What you're trying to do is mitigate what's yeah. happening. Yeah. And I and think speed is your your point is 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 more important yeah, than getting it exactly right. Yeah. Fair. You do it now. And you need to, you know, I, it's gonna be a while. I mean, this has been brewing from what I understand for a long time. They haven't invested in infrastructure. Um, I think it's going to, you know, unfortunately, it's going to get to congressional level because they get, did get a bunch of federal funding during mm. um, during the pandemic to stay alive, as most airlines did. And what did you do with that money? You know, why why didn't you take that time to invest in your right. airline at that point? Um, yeah. I think there's some questions that need to be answered there, but I wouldn't rebook. And I think the the most important thing right now is. There's no one who's going to say, I really like how you handled this, uh -huh. but you don't have the time to talk to every individual passenger who's missed a cruise, who missed seeing family over Christmas, yeah. who can't get to a bowl game that their team might be in for the first time ever. Whatever plans they have over the holidays, you have screwed up. It's not the weather. Every other, every other airline had weather issues too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You screwed up and you just need to wear that hat of responsibility. We've talked about that before right. and get in front of it as much as you can. And there's not enough times or ways you can apologize. Yeah, yeah. Now I it's I think that what you said is, is exactly right. I think speed is um, making decisions, making them quickly, trying to, and then also, you know, starting to turn that story as the, um, the experience turns around that'll be the next step but i think the first step no. is you know is to stop the bleeding and so um yeah, yeah i think that's good stuff by you yeah and when i last thing i i what i would do is if i'm if i'm on the board or you know we're in the finance budget meetings we are going to lose money in 2023 or or break even because we need to make this right because this this will have a ripple effect no oh, i've i've wondered the same thing you know do i need to rebook Mm -hmm. Now I can fly direct. I'm not American from Dallas, but I don't want to spend the money. Yeah. I'm just going to ride it out. Well, it's funny because I saw some, there's there's been a ton of animosity towards Southwest um, about you know them being cheap and whatever, and that's fine. I, I, but it's it's fascinating to me. This is one of those experiences where I think having a Southwest Airlines is good for the marketplace. Um, there, there've been, you know, there've been already, I've seen graphics and, and tweets that have been put out there where, uh, Delta or American or whatever are charging $4,000 for a flight because the South, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, thank goodness you aren't taking advantage of this situation. I think yeah. that while Southwest might be imperfect, having a, a, another airline like them to keep the others honest, yeah. I think has been good for the consumer. And so I want them to succeed. So that's my take. I, I want them to succeed too, but I, you know, I, you know, I think what's what's concerning is I never looked at South Southwest as really a low cost airline. I just haven't. I grew up in Dallas where it was started and built and all that sure. stuff, and so I always had the choice: do I want to fly American or Southwest? And it always came down to I like to pick my seat. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Okay, for me, um, and I've given that up clearly. Yeah. But I think what so I've always looked at at Southwest is a very reliable airline. They right. were very efficient at turning planes around and 
that's where they made their money. They were able to be more cost effective because they were the best at turning around equipment. Yeah, so operations. they could squeeze in an extra flight for a day or whatever. Not that's they're not reliable right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the flight cancellations look like today, but you know, now it, it, to me, it's not the low cost part of it that that right. bothers them. It's the lack of reliability now. Right now, they're lumped in in my mind with everybody else. Like, well, maybe I'll get there when I want to. Maybe I won't. And it's never about the the uh, uh, you know making sure the thing thing safe. I couldn't care less. I'll be delayed all day. I just want to get there safe. Yeah. But when it's something like. Yeah, we just didn't plan for this. Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Well, that's awesome, Kirby. Well, one thing you can plan for is your plans for 2023. And our friends over at PXP Solutions, and we agree with them, think this is a great time right now to kind of look back on 2022. What did you do well? What didn't you do well? What can you improve upon to help your customers sell more of their products and services? And at PXP, they are ready to help you do that through creatively uh, communicating effectively through creatively decorated apparel. They are the premier uh, decorator in the United States. They're great people. Bruce Jolish, uh, I'm going to give you his phone number in a minute. He owns the place. He answers his phone. And I will tell you, one of the most caring, nice men I've ever had the, uh, the pleasure of doing business with and just meeting. So if you're ready to partner with an apparel decorator that is dedicated not only to your success, but that of your client, which is a great partner, go ahead and call our good friend, Bruce Jolish at PXP Promotions. You can call him at 214-380-1883, or you can just email him, bruce at pxpsolutions.com. He's going to answer that phone and he's going to help you out with his team. So, and on behalf of PXP, they want to wish you a happy and prosperous new year. And I think Kirby, that's probably a great way for us to end this podcast. I, for one, am really ready for 2022 to end. It's been a rough end of the year, um, but uh, 2023 will be what we all make of it. So happy new year to you. Thank you for another year of podcasting with me um, and wishing all of our listeners a wonderful, wonderful, safe um, and happy new year. Anything you want to add to that? Happy new year, brother. <laughs>